The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1969, Episode 30, January, Part 3 of 4. I've found a grease paint on your face, that's the life, let's face it chums, all the rest are a gang of bums, I've found a grease paint on your face, get your talks and get it quick, get that pancake on your head and It's a little kind of thing you can't erase It gets in your blood, it gets in your stream So get him to the boards and let him hear you scream Oh, half a pound of grease paint Half a pound of grease paint Just a show Oh, going to song and dances Oh, going to funny friends Wait a minute, wait a minute, George has left and, you know, we can't have this, this isn't good enough, you know. So, we, I, I'm not sure what happened, I think maybe Neil or one of the, you know, the, uh, who looked after us would probably ring George up and say, you know, they're, they're real sorry or whatever, it was a mistake and it was like...
figure out, like, sh shall we go filming or playing, or do you want to go on rehearsal, or do you want to move into EMI and get out of this place and just maybe do an album? Uh, well, it all re rests on on when we see. Keep it ready, but like you don't bother unless if we're just chatting. You see, the thing is, like George is in Liverpool now, and he's supposed to come back tomorrow. Right. So tomorrow. So is tomorrow we go and see him. You think? Oh. Yeah. So we don't go here. What? Or we come here and then go there in the afternoon. I don't know. Because I mean, I know. I think we stop filming now, yeah. as a matter of policy, yeah. I remember being called to a meeting that was out in Elstead in Surrey, it was at Ringo's house that he bought from Peter Sellers. And it was decided that it would be better if we just got back together and finished the record. Also, you see, Twickenham Studio was very cold and not a very nice atmosphere, so we decided to abandon that and go to Savile Row into the recording studio. George returned on January 15th. Morning, George. Morning, all. But it wasn't the first time. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> traded a few punches. Yeah. Do you think it's his aware that it's liable? I've known the Beatles long enough and close enough <laughs> not to accept them. Slate two five nine camera A. Harrison's return, the live TV special idea devolved into a film documenting the making of an album. Then, after wrapping up rehearsals on Thursday, January 16th, everyone got ready for the actual recording to begin the following Monday at the brand new Apple Studios. We are pretty, I'm able, I'm willing to rock and roll all night. And in the end, we recorded in the Apple Studios in Savile Row because there was a guy called Magic Alex, which everybody knows about, who was a great friend of John's, and John thought he was the bee's knees because he used to give John little presents of electronic toys. And Magic Alex said that the EMI was no good and he could build a studio much better. Well, he didn't.
Monday, January 20th, 1969, the Beatles, George Martin, Glyn Johns, and Michael Lindsay Hogg's film crew all showed up at Apple's headquarters on Savile Row. There, in the basement studio just completed by Apple Electronics whiz Alex Martis, the band was ready to finally start. Magic Alex, as he was nicknamed, had promised to build a state-of-the-art facility for electronic gear. Well, Alex did install a new 8-track recording deck, luckily. But the mixing console he designed and assembled was beyond low-tech. As engineer Dave Harries told Recording Sessions author Mark Lewison, the console was made with pieces of wood and an old oscilloscope and looked like the control panel of a B-52 bomber. Among John's archives, we found this test tape Magic Alex and Lennon's personal assistant Dan Richter made in the fantastic new Apple studio. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And you make sure that uh, you have record well the sound. Yes. You know, because probably something is wrong with the tape. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting it all off the tape. You get the tape. And so you make sure that it's all right to record it. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But he didn't do anything. When we finally got him to do a recording studio, we had a 16-track studio, and we walked in there, it was chaos we had to rip it all out and start again he had like 16 little speakers all around the room you know there wasn't anything he ever did except he had like a toilet with a radio in it or something uh so we used the same portable we just took the portable equipment in there but the studio itself the the actual room to play in uh, was much nicer and much cozier and uh much more at home you know Magic Alex's failure was doubly confirmed after John, Paul, George, and Ringo actually laid down a take and tried to play it back through that board. They heard nothing but hum and hiss. The console that looked like a B-52 control panel crashed and burned on the runway. Haven't you written any uh, No. Hello. 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 going to be faced with a crisis. Oh, volume. When I'm... Up against the What's wall, Paul. You'll find I'm not there. Yes, We should come up with the goods. Well, look, I think I've got Sunday off. Hello. Yeah, well, I hope you can deliver. Hello. I'm hoping for a little rock and roller. Father. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Hello, brother. Campanada. Sammy's kicked it! Oh, that's great. Yeah. Certainly wonderful. Disgusted, the group walked out of the studio, leaving it to the techies to sort out the equipment. Glenn John said, I can't make a record with this board, and called Abbey Road Studios in a panic. The guys there kindly sent over a pair of four-track consoles, shepherded by a new staff engineer named Alan Parsons. Well, after a two-day delay, 
The Get Back Sessions finally got rolling on Wednesday, January 22nd, 1969. And sitting in on piano and organ was old pal Billy Preston. Billy Preston recalls meeting the Beatles for the very first time. Um, I first met them in 62 when I was on tour with Little Richard and Sam Cooke. And they were like supporting act at the time on the show. <laughs> and uh, we became friends because they would come up to me and ask me about Little Richard in America. And uh, so we became friends then. And I didn't see them again until... Um, I was in Europe with Ray Charles. Billy Preston was called in by George. We bumped into Billy in the Apple offices earlier that day. When I was on tour with Ray Charles, George Harrison was in the, in the audience. I put a message out uh, to find if Billy was in town and told him to come in to Savile Row, which he did. And so the next day I called and he said, come on over, you know, and see the fellas. And I went over to Apple and there they were, you know. Straight away just became... 100% improvement in the vibe in the room. And everybody was happier also to have somebody else playing in the band. Everybody you know, was pitching in with ideas and, and trying different things. And, um, and they just let me play whatever I wanted to play. And uh, that made it nice. Because <laughs> every number's got a piano part or a, a we were working on a good track and that always excited us and his part was also a part of it so you know my solo on get back was you know it was my creation <laughs> on the Let It Be album for about two weeks. It wasn't planned at all, you know. Billy Preston was a great help. He was a very good keyboard guy. And, um, I mean, his work on Get Back alone justified him being there. And he was, a, he was an amiable fellow, too, very nice. And he was a kind of... Yes, he was a kind of emollient, if you like. He... He helped to lubricate the the, the friction that's been there.
Suddenly, you know, when you were working on something good, the bolt went out the window and we got back down to doing what we did really, really well. Do an ice beat. For me, you know, give me the courage to come screaming in. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
first time that she really done me Ooh, she done me She done me good Goody, 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 goody I guess nobody ever really done me Ooh, she done me She done me good Yeah, she did Yeah, she done
To me, the Beatles were always a great little band. Nothing more, nothing less, you know, for all our success. When we sat down to play, we played good. From the very beginning, from when we first got Ringo into the band and before. But when we first got Ringo into the band, it really gelled. We played good. And we'd never had too many of those times where it's just not working. We had them like any other band, but often, you know, just for a great little rock and roll band, we could just play, play any little, you know, blues, little rock and roll things. And it, and it seemed to work, it seemed to gel. On January 23rd, the Get Back Film and Recording Project is reaching its end. Both film producer Michael Lindsay Hogg and recording producer George Martin pushed the production's finale discussing the live concert time and set list with Ringo, John, and Yoko. This weekend, and you have three weekends off. Yeah, why not work this weekend, John? Yeah. What's your 
That would be the answer this to all. This weekend. <laughs> you oh. know, if we did ten days straight from now. Okay, doesn't matter. I think we should have. Well, you, you, you're getting. You're, you know, you're working so well together now. Yes. Let's keep it going. Well, you know, I won't say no. Uh, well, I might be able to speak. <laughs> you know, I'd rather work a weekend than make it last out an extra week or so. What so you can get in that trip to Africa? Oh, oh, movie stars. <laughs> I think the thing is, we'll aim for Thursday. However, you want to aim for Thursday, because if we don't make Thursday, this is a kind of, uh, I think if we work for Thursday, then we won't get outside, will we? Well, the current thought is that we'll do it. I mean, the current thought. Is, what, what we've established is, is there's the 10 o'clock rumor, the lunchtime rumor, and the tea time rumor. So now we're going to the lunchtime rumor, which is, is that we'll try to do it at the end of next week, maybe. And then if we do get out, we'll do it about a week later. Maybe we've forgotten them all. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't really, because if you've really, really gone into it. Well, unfortunately, the, the system we want to do it, do it on out of doors, which is the same as we did the circus on JL, won't be free until the 15th of February, which is just two weeks after the finish in here. But I, I think that's the video. It's the film Maybe video. Maybe you could re reverse it and do the video one here. Um, well, we could. It's do the film one outside. Yes, I think we do the film, film one outside anyway, because Paul's outside doesn't really matter from his angle. You know, that his... What is my word? His objections to it aren't so much anymore. But this room is a bit mini for three of those, four, four of those great MF cameras. And now the other thing is, the video cameras, the Intertel cameras, aren't free till next weekend. Anyway. Next weekend. I think you should aim for a little early on Thursday, because if you aim for Thursday, it's not going to be possible. It's going to be Saturday anyway. Aim for Wednesday. Aim for Wednesday. Yeah, aim for Well, I don't think Tuesday's impractical, uh, because no matter how quickly they work, because no. I've done three in two days. And two of them haven't been touched at all, which are Paul's two ballads, really. I mean, uh, Long and Winding Road and Mother Mary uh, haven't really been touched at all. Uh, do you have anything more that you're writing? Mm, yes, well, I've still got... You have two more, don't you? You're writing all the time, aren't you, Jen? Sure I am. With this, with a decent band like Billy, I'd do On the Road to Marrakesh. Which is a sweet number, baby. Sweet, sweet number. number. I was going to do a big 30s orchestra bit, but I don't think I've got the energy. So if they can do a little Hawaiian guitar. Oh, I was going to bring the Hawaiian guitar for George. On Friday, January 24th, the group worked on the song Dig It and Maggie May. Judgey guilty found her Robin a home abound her That dirty loving no, no, no good Maggie Ray Take it Maggie Oh fancy me chances with you I fancy me chances with you I've had a good chances with fancy me chances Oh fancy me chances with you 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 Fanc
They were quite good sessions uh, once we got into Apple. I remember, you know, sitting around quite enjoying the music. It was interesting music to play.
On Saturday, January 25th, government officials in Union County, New Jersey, banned the sale of John and Yoko's album, Two Virgins. This was due to the nude album cover photo. Also on Saturday, back at Apple Studios in London, recording continued for the Get Back Project. The group recorded the 1957 Everly Brothers hit, Bye Bye Love. The other songs that were recorded were two new songs, Paul's Let It Be or Mother Mary. It'd be nice to have voices, but they need the voices on them. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, yeah. Let it be. And George's Blues, which was the working title of For You Blue. The main thing with this, in my head, it's like influenced by those old fellas, or you know, where nothing was professional at all. So it's really just like a one take wonder, but we may have four take wonder. Well, maybe we can just keep going, you know, keep ending it, and then just start it up again. Look at 
26, the group George Martin and Glyn Johns were again in Apple Studios cutting more tracks for Get Back. They laid down the second version of Dig It, which went on for about 12 and a half minutes. live and on secretary you know that was an outtake i don't know whether it's on a record or not is it yeah i think it's on a bootleg or something i don't think it's a song Dig it. no, it's, on... it's like a joke you yeah. know? it's an ad-lib joke you know? there's no writing of song that was just shouted out with the backing going on sunday january 26th 1969 during the get back sessions at the new apple studios on savile row but that released version of dig it was only 49 seconds of a take that originally went on for almost 12 and a half minutes Improvised jam, the Beatles recorded January 26, 1969, during the Get Back, Let It Be sessions. All four band members shared the composing credit on that one. And no trivia fans, that was not Yoko helping out on backing vocals earlier. It was six-year-old Heather Eastman, who six weeks later would become Paul McCartney's stepdaughter when he married her mother, photographer Linda Eastman. The group then broke into this rock and roll medley. I don't care if spend my dough, dough. Not gonna be one half toe Gonna rock it Get out of that kitchen and grab those pots and pans. Get out of that kitchen and grab those pots and pans. I have to give to my soul the other day. 
said shake, rattle and roll. I said shake, rattle and roll. I said shake, rattle and roll. I said shake, rattle and roll. You never do don't save your dog on soul. January 27th, a new week begins at Apple Studios. The Beatles, working through the weekend to meet the recording production deadline, recorded the song Get Back. Several takes were recorded on that day, and it is unknown which versions were spliced into the final mix.
who played the solo we all know and love on the song Get Back. I played the solo on that, yeah. When Paul was feeling kind, he'd give me a solo. You know, or if he, maybe if he was feeling guilty that he'd had most of the A-sides or something, he'd give me a solo, you know? And I played the solo on that. The band also worked on the songs Oh Darling, I've Got a Feeling, and the 1958 U.S. hit for Jimmy McCracklin called The Walk. Towards the end of January, the Get Back project seemed to be never-ending. Here's Ringo Starr. I think everyone was getting a little tired of us by then. 
because we were taking a long time and there was many discussions going on by then, many heated discussions. Because I have a feeling that half the stuff Yoko said yesterday isn't, I mean, she was talking for John, and I don't think he really believed any of that, you know. Well, I'd rather write without Yoko, thank you. Just because that's the way I write. You know, if I, like, you know, in Tunisia, I'd go off into a bathroom to write a song and then come back when it was done to show it to you. And sort of say, what do you think? And let's do a couple more words now that it's all there. You know, now there's only the little. But it's difficult starting right from scratch with Yoko there because you start off on a. Well, I do. I start off on a Yoko beam. You know. I start off sort of writing songs about white walls, just because I, you know, I think she, John and Yoko would like that. You know. And to add to the musical disillusionment, it was announced that the Beatles company Apple was swiftly losing money and was on the verge of bankruptcy. George Harrison explains. We just spend money when we wanted to spend money, but we didn't know where we were spending it from or if we paid taxes on it. You know, we were really in bad shape as far as that was concerned because none of us really could be bothered. We just felt as though we were rich because really we were rich by what we sold and what we did. But uh, it wasn't really the case, you know, because it was so untogether, the business side of it. Here's Alistair Taylor. The boys, they were... I. Uh, they, they, they were stupid, you know, I mean, we all got accused of, of, of ripping them off, and of course they, they were, there was stupidity, but they wouldn't listen. I tried to tell them this, and it was my idea that they eventually got Klein in. I didn't suggest Klein. I'm the guy that actually said to them one day, look, this is stupid, we cannot manage this business. Referred by Mick Jagger, John connected with New York businessman Alan Klein. It was Alan Klein who approached John first. I wanted to find out first if he realized the position he was. He indicated it. He had made a public statement about the financial problems that Apple had. And it was based upon this statement that I realized that he was aware of what I had been aware of. And um, so I called him and asked him if I could help. It was general and as broad as that. All I want is the truth. McCartney discussed Apple's sorry state with New York attorney Lee Eastman, Linda's father, in the hopes Eastman could devise a plan to save Apple. Then as the two factions battled acrimoniously for control, the Beatles labored through the filming and recording of the Get Back sessions. On Tuesday, January 28th, the group finished recording John's love song to Yoko, Don't Let Me Down. One, two, three, four.
408 on camera A. Somebody loved me like she does Ooh, she does Yeah, she does Don't let me down Don't let me down Don't let me down The band also worked on a re-recording of their first record, Love Me Do, which was to be included on their new LP, but it was never to be fully finished.
Well, the Beatles' magic was sort of wearing thin when we recorded Let It Be. I mean, John wanted to let it be, warts and all. You know, no studio gimmicks or production tricks. Paul wanted to let it be a film about making a Beatles album. And producer Phil Spector wanted to let it be the post-production masterpiece of all time. Me, I just wanted to let it be over. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be And in my hour of darkness She is standing right in front of me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be Let it be
Next, up on the Apple Roof. information or to contact the show visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com also visit at yesterdaypod on twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on facebook see you next time I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally... We'll do an all-star podcast. We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once. That is true. <laughs> we are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird. See? We weren't <laughs> even lying.